What it is, RJLA family. I am Angela Birdsong, your conversation piece host on RJLA Morning Wake Up Call at RadioJustice.org. For something new or unusual to talk about, for stimulating conversation for you on the bus, train, plane, or simply at the water cooler or in Cubicle Nation. Today, my guests are three-time Olympian Althea Moses and her mother, Candy Lawrence, to speak on life and beliefs as a survivor of domestic violence and immigrating to the United States to Inglewood, California. On Conversation Peace, my fellow UCLA alumni and her mother tell of generational violence in their family, boldly told in Althea's international bestseller, Irresistibly Fit. We want to be able to give women hope to survive and thrive beyond domestic violence. We all know that October is when Domestic Violence Awareness Month is is highlighted. But today we want to tell the story that will give women hope to go beyond domestic violence in their lives and other women's lives, in their families, in their workshops, wherever this this violence um behavior is following them hashtag time is now hashtag no more hashtag me too hashtag times up hashtag time to heal hashtag no stigma hashtag something gotta give welcome to conversation peace But the love wasn't returned. I found out the man I died for, he wasn't even concerned. And time had turned, he tried to burn me like a perm. Though my eyes saw the deception, my heart wouldn't let me learn from. Um, some dumb woman was I. And every time he lied, he would cry, and inside I'd die. My heart must have died a thousand deaths. Compared myself to Tony Braxton, thought I'd never catch my breath. Nothing left, he stole a heart beating from my chest. I tried to call the cops, that type of thief they can't arrest. Pain suppressed, will lead to cardiac arrest. Diamonds deserve diamonds, but he convinced me I was worth less. When my people for protest. I told them I need business cause my shit was complex. More than just a sex. I was blessed but couldn't feel it like when I was caressed. I'd spend nights clutching my breasts. Overwhelmed by God's test. I was God's best. Contemplating death with a Gillette. No man has ever worked the paradise manifest. Welcome to Conversation Peace. We have number one international bestseller author, personal coach, fitness trainer, speaker, model, Althea Moses, and the one who gave birth to such greatness, her mother, Candy Lawrence. You guys, welcome to Conversation Peace. Thank you so much, Angie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right, and and we know that um, Althea's mom is, is is on the phone with us, and this is her first time being interviewed on the radio, being interviewed by anyone. So we're very excited to have to have Miss Lawrence on conversation piece with us this morning. Miss Miss Lawrence, are you okay? You good? You ready? And thanks for having me. Oh yes, my my pleasure to have to have you on here. It's um, it's always great to have um, a mother daughter team going on, right? That's right. Right. Yeah. And it's an honor to be on your show too, Angie. Thank you, thank you. It's it's always good to have a 
a classmate. Well, actually, you're not my classmate, so let's clear that up. Because, <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't mind being her classmate because then that will bring my age down. <laughs> but but we both um, attended um, UCLA, and we're both from Inglewood. Yes. Um, and But let's tell everybody who you are. Althea Moses already said that you're a three-time Olympian and personal coach, fitness, model. We know you're an author. Tell us about who you are in regards to domestic violence. Where did that come into your life? All right, thank you, Angie. I am a number one best-selling international best-selling author of Irresistibly Fit. And I talk about that in my mini memoir. Uh, It took decades for me to decide that I needed to share it. Uh, And so I did it in my book and it's, I've gotten very positive feedback about it. For the domestic violence, it started with me when I was at UCLA with a couple boyfriends. And uh, I, didn't stay in those relationships very long because I didn't want to uh, relive what I saw my mother went through when I was in Belize. And so uh, I decided to share it in this book so that other people who are experiencing this today, wherever they are in the world, that they know that they don't have to tolerate it, that they can make a, make a decision to, to choose better that they don't have to they don't have to deal with it right because um chapter chapter one in your book it it it's the part that is is like a lifetime movie yes you you take us on this journey of being in Belize being in a hostile home environment leaving the country illegally immigrating to the United States and and then your your life just takes a huge turnaround when um, like you said in the book your 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 feet hit that dirt track at Morningside High School in, in Inglewood California and I you know we we don't always get to know the behind the stories right. of all the Olympians because we know when when the Olympics come around, the the part of the the campaign advertisement is showing bits and pieces of the life behind some of the athletes. Right. And when you came to the United States, did you have a, a affinity for running track when you were in Belize, or when when did that that come about? When you're like, I want to run track. Well, in Belize, I ran around town. Uh, my mother had a business. She was a boss lady in, in Belize. <laughs> and uh, she sold bread and bun, homemade bread and bun. She sold Ideal, which is um, um, popsicle in American language. She uh, sold clothes. She was a seamstress. So uh, I ran around town purchasing um, the products for the store the, um, and um and so on. So I did a lot of running around in Belize, but I also did a lot of running around in Inglewood, uh, chasing the boys, the boys chasing me because I was a tomboy. As you know, 
that the term they use for girls who hang out with the boys or behave like boys. And well, when I got to Morningside High School, actually Monroe Junior High School in Morning, uh, right next door to Morningside, I was very good in PE. So I did a lot of athletic things and um, I showed that I was very talented. But then I got to Morningside, I was playing basketball and after basketball season ended, my freshman year, there was nothing to do in the neighborhood. And so I decided I need to do something else to keep myself busy. So I went on to the track and uh, told Coach Tatum I wanted to run track. And, and it started there. He, started, he, t- he put me in different events to see what I was good at. And we didn't realize that I would become the, the, the star that I did. And then the rest, of course, is history. Yes, and I started telling people <laughs> that I'm going to the Olympics in the triple jump. And it wasn't even an Olympic event for women yet. So that's when it started on the track at, at Morningside. Right. Now, do you, you were, um, so you, you witnessed your mother and father. You witnessed your mother and father being in this violent relationship. Definitely. Where, yeah. And about age four. About age four. Until what age? Ten. Until 10. And 10, that's that's when your mom decided, I'm leaving Belize. Yes. And then you didn't have any abusive relationships in high school? It, no. 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 Because you were too busy with track and field. That's right. And books. <laughs> and books. I was about getting an education and uh, graduating in the top 10 of my class and, and becoming a uh, junior Olympic champion and a state champion. Those were my goals, and I worked very hard to make those realities. Nobody could stop me. Right. Nothing. Right. And nothing did stop you. That's correct. <laughs> <laughs> now, Miss Miss Lawrence, um, before 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 we get into um, Althea's um, relationships in college, let's let's start with you in in Belize. You, you know, I know in, in Althea's book, she says that you were a teenage, a teenage mother. Yes, I was a teenage mother because my mom, you know, I was used to the word abundant nine of us when we were very young kids. And so I, I was left with a grandmother who was very, very cruel. And I decided I did not want to be in a household and a home where your siblings are abusing you, so I ran away at age 12. At age 13, I believe, it's been so long, I believe it was age 12. And, you know, I had nowhere to go, so I stayed with friends, friends, and they took me, they were very nice people, and I appreciate them for doing that. And that's why I met uh, their father. And so, again, yes, I was a teenage mother, I got pregnant at 14, and... His family was very, very nice to me. That's another blessing by itself. And they took me in like their own and nurtured me throughout the pregnancy. And so when his mom left to go away, I believe in New York, she that was when she gave a blessing that she should go together and get her own place, and we did. And so Alja was born. And that's how it all started, you know. But I didn't know at that time that this her father was so abusive. It started to be so abusive to me. Again, I'm a young girl, teenager, don't understand life itself, you know. And so that was one of the reasons when I realized something is not right. But how can I get out of it? 
it was very hard for me to get out of the abusive relationship because I had no other family who would take me in, you know, and I was like alone. And so, um, without there being born, I had to suffer all the abuse throughout the years and I didn't like it. It bothered me, it bothered me, it bothered me. But what can I do? Again, so I, I stayed in the relationship thinking it will get better. But it did not get better. It did not get better. And so with my babies then, I stayed with them. And the reason why I stayed with my kids then was I knew my mom abandoned us. I had no mother. And I did not want that for my kids. So I stayed and took a lot of just to make them keep a home together with my girls. And again, it gets worse and worse and worse. You know, I couldn't have friends. I couldn't talk to neighbors. I the insecurity that that her father harbored within himself was toxic, very toxic. And I had to find a way to get out of it. It took me years. It took me many years to get out of that abusive relationship. And the worst part was, when he, the abuse got so bad, he always is a womanizer. And that's where most of the problems happen between us because I'm fighting bread in my children's mouth and on the table for my five kids. And he's out there adding more to his family. And that has caused a lot of risk and ripple in the relationship with their, with my kid's father. And it got to a point where it will either be me or it's going to be the other woman. And I chose me. And I had to get out of that relationship. And one night I asked him, out of the blue, what am I supposed to do for you to leave me? And he looked in my face. Pointed in my, with his finger in my face and said, you go fight the woman one more time. I will leave you. That was my cue. So the next day I went off and I looked for her and I beat the mess out of her. That's just the whole point of he gets away. If I didn't do that, he gave me to go ahead. I couldn't stand him anymore. Is it a me or her? And I choose because he was never going to choose me but want to have me and her and many others. No. Not in my watch. Not on my watch. I was young, so I had a, I, I could make a decision on my own what I wanted in my life and for my children. And in the relationship, it was cruel relationship with that man. So I left him and he came back for me. And when he came back for me, I told him no. And what he did with his anger, men don't like you to reject them. And because I rejected him, he punched me in my face, knocked out two of my good, strong front teeth. And that was the end of it. And that's when I decided, you know, no. No more. This is it. And so I cried to my mother, please, please help me. If you don't come and help me, you will come to bury me. And my mother always remember me telling her that. So it took, I was 23 when that incident happened. Never forget it. 23 years old, five kids, young babies. I was eight. The youngest was 20. 
And that's how it all started for me to plan to get away from her father. Far away. Because if I stayed in Belize, he finds me anywhere I will go. So Belize, I was never safe in Belize. So, taking the chance coming illegal to America, I thank God for the, the, the journey and the path that he put me to walk and say, yes, come on. I will help you get away from this abusive relationship. And he did. And I'm so happy. I've been here in California for 38 years. Very blessed to be here. And when I got here, I pushed my kids to get an education. I worked very hard to take care of them, each and every one. Education was very important in my household. I let them understand, boyfriend and baby can wait for your education and your knowledge will last you forever. And so I thank them. I always tell them, I thank them for listening to me because today's kids don't listen to parents and if kids would only listen to parents, they will get a long way in life and be successful. And I'm glad that my kids would listen to me. You know, the journey was not not easy. It was hard. But I keep God in my heart and my prayer every day to help me raise these girls, tell me what I need to do the best way I can. Many friends and family asked me, said, how do you raise these girls to be so good? I said, you know, God was their father. Single mother, and God was their father. That's all I needed was God to help me with these girls. Otherwise, I couldn't have done it. And they listened to me. They really did. Because if they didn't, their life would have been who knows where what they would have done with their life. But I thank them all the time for listening to me. We had some little ripples that time. But that's what a parent is for because I love my children very, very much. I may have been a no mother, everything I say, no, 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 but I had a reason why I said no. Sometimes they were shocked when I say yes. So I requested if they want to do something, they'll stop. Yes, it's okay, you could go. But I make sure I know who their friends are. I make sure I know where they are. They can tell you. I was very strict in the household with them, but with love. Everything I did for them was out of love. There was no other way. No other way. Because I grew up with no mother to help me. And that had hurt me over the years. But me and my mom, we talked about it. And she apologized. And she understood exactly what I was talking about. So again, coming from Belize was not an easy task. Living in Belize was not easy, but I'm so, so glad to get away from an abusive relationship. And I will say to anyone listening to me, if they are in an abusive relationship, get out. Because it's not healthy. It will drag you down and drain you. And if you don't make up your mind to get out, it could be a tragedy. I hear it, I see it all the time on news. And I said, I could have been one of those victims if I didn't get out. And I'm glad. You've got to believe in God. He will open that path and that way for you. You just ask Him. You make plans. You don't tell family and friends what you're doing because they're the ones that will 
calling back and telling what you're doing, and you will get caught. I was just lucky. I had one girlfriend that helped me, really helped me. That never told him what I was doing. That was what I was able to get away. Yes. You don't tell your business to people because people are not happy for you. They laugh in your face, but behind your back, they're evil. I, I experienced it. I experienced it. I learned my lesson, but I'm glad I'm here in America. Very successful. I work as a fashion designer. I started in the sweatshop, raised my girls, went to college, graduated, had good jobs on my own business, and today I call myself a retired. I'm retired. Yes. And what a good retirement you have <laughs> because because of the you know you everything that you had just what you just took us through in these these last 10 or so minutes and now for you to end it with where you are now and where your your girls are now and that you're you you're retired from from the work life but but you are also retired from breaking that generational chain. Yes. It's a, it's a cycle curse in many families. And I made a decision. I am not going to add that extra leak of these bad life, you know, uh, just disgusting to me where the family, they never try to do better. I'm not putting down families, but sometimes I'm speaking about me. I decide I am not going to add that extra link where the family, they continue the same life nonstop. No, I want a different, I, my link is not there. My link goes a different direction. For the better, it's a better link that I for my kids. And that's why I said, don't follow generations. You do better than what your siblings did in the past because it's the, the, the the, the, the system is, it seems like it, it, I'm trying to use the word correctly, it, it, it's made to stay the same way, but someone has to break that, that generation link. I did it on my own, and I did it for my children, for my grandchildren, so that they could have a better life, they could do better in their life, get an education. Once you get an education, your life will be better, much better. So I break that generation link, and I don't care what the negative is out there from other families. It's like, no, it's okay. People will talk, but I did better for my children. This is about me, not about nobody else, because I'm the one who suffered the abuse from a young child starting from family into a relationship. I had to get out of it. I had to get out of it. So anyone who's listening get out of these abusive relationships. It is not healthy. Not healthy. I could have lost my life with this man. And he threatened me. He threatened me. And I realized he was serious. 
And I said, I am not going to stay in my hand with this blood. It's best to walk away, get away far from him. And I did, with the help of God and my mom helping me to get away from that man. And that and that was your second getaway. That that was because you 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 tried to get away the first time. Well, what and and the fir- what happened the first time? The the first time when I tried to get away, he always come back. The first time I was uh, my, when I uh, was six years old, my mom was sent was uh, six months. Six months. Was, you're right, six months. Sorry, six months. Yes, and what he did. I was young, I didn't think not to tell him anything, and I told him, my mom uh, wants me to come, and everything is ready. He, my mom sent out a nice little baby clothes from the travel, and tell me exactly what I needed to do. The day before I was supposed to leave, he came from work and he brought a bottle of the infant oil from where he worked, and he opened that suitcase. And he threw that oil over all the baby clothes and things that I had. All I could do was sit down and cry. I was only 15 years old. And he holds on to Althea and he says, you can go, but you're not taking my baby. And I said to myself, I can't leave my first baby. She's so beautiful, so pretty. I cannot leave my baby. And that's how I stayed and continued. Four more children after that. And the abuse never stopped. It never stopped. So this time I learned that that time I learned to keep my mouth shut. I don't say anything and just plan and plan and plan. It took years to plan to get away from him. But it was worth it. It was worth planning. It's the only way. Otherwise, to them, maybe I should have believed that I should have been dead by then. You know, because it is traumatizing to live in a relationship. You don't know what his mood is going to be when he comes in. Nobody knows. You know. So I live in fear. I don't like to live like that. I want to be happy. I'm a happy person. Always smiling. Always laughing. You know, so I couldn't continue that kind of life with her father. And they know it. We talked about it all the time. All the time. I couldn't continue living with your father. Because I don't know what would have become of them as girls themselves around him. You know. Very insecure and arrogant guy. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Now, what were some of the conversations you would have with your daughters uh, about your husband? When I let them, they, they see what went on. And I let them know, I said, no, when you grow up, get your education. You don't need to tolerate with any man and they security. You don't need to have a man in the life that will abuse you. If they stay in a relationship, they make that choice, but they don't need to do it. We talked about it. Get out of these relationships. Don't let no man abuse you. No, it's wrong. It is not right. And men that abuse women is because they're insecure. They're insecure. That's what I believe. That's my opinion, that they're insecure. Yes. I don't want them to go through, so I talk to them about it. Don't say these relationships. Get out. Now, in, in Belize, um, Althea and I were talking about this um, off air, and, of course, we realized that this was back in, in the 70s, but 
what rights or what resources did women have in Belize when they found themselves in abusive relationships? None. The police, they could tell us all of you and beat the us out of you and they tell you go home and, 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 and hash it out and talk about it. Because I went to the police and they just sucked it. I went to the police with my nightgown, blood running out of my face, off my, off my mouth from the teeth punched out. And they did nothing. So I realized this is not right. But I'm so glad to hear that today is very different. Very different. There are um, some resources where women, abuse women can go. From what I understand, the police do interview and they do get picked up and locked up and they're trying to avoid domestic abuse. Back in my days, there were not. I can attest to that. There were not. Well, one thing's for sure, uh, Ms. Lawrence, you telling your story today is inspiring anyone who is listening to the story that for them to get out. Yes, they need to get out. And they need to plan to get out because if you just up and leave, it could make it worse. I've planned it for almost two years. Please. Before before we go on break, I just want to um, read a, a small portion from Althea's book. Actually, let's have Althea let's have Althea read um, on page twenty seven. Before we left Belize, my mother didn't want my father's family and our neighbors to know that she was leaving forever. She stopped all communication with her best friend, neighbors, and my father's family. She confided in only one good friend who agreed to keep her secret, store our, our packed luggage, school transfers, and other legal documents. In spite of the last beating my mother, 25, got from my father, 28, while she planned to leave him, the plan remained in progress. She said, I wanted to die with the rest of my teeth in my mouth. You're listening to Conversation Piece. I'm your host, Angela Birdsong. We have author and Olympian Althea Moses and her mother, Candy Lawrence, as we discuss their escape and journey out of violence and abuse and their coming to America. We'll be right back. hate you. See, all I know is that my girlfriend used to date you. How would you feel if she held you down and raped you? Tried and tried, but she never could escape you. She was in love, and I'd ask you how. I mean, why? What kind of love from a nigga would black your eye? What kind of love from a nigga every night make you cry? What kind of love from a nigga make you wish he would die? I mean, shit, he bought you things and gave you diamond rings, but some things wasn't worth none of the pain that he brings, and you stayed. What made you fall for him? That nigga had the power to make you crawl for him. I thought you was a doctor, be on call for him. Smack you down, cause he said you was too tall for him, huh? That wasn't love, baby girl, you was dreaming. I could've killed you when you said your seed was growing from his seed. She's blind, and it'll take over your mind. What you think is love is truly not. You need to elevate and find. Love is blind, 
and it'll take over your mind. What you think is love is truly not. You need to elevate and find. I don't even know you, and I kill you myself. You played with her like a doll and put her back on the shelf. Wouldn't let her go to school and better herself. She had a baby by your ass, and you ain't giving no help, uh huh. Big time hustler, snake motherfucker. One's born every day, and every day she was just a sucker. How could you beat the mother of your kids? How could you tell her that you love her? Don't give a fuck if she lived. She told me she would leave you. I admit it, she did, but came back, made up a lie about you missing your kids. Sweet kisses, baby, ain't even know she was your mistress. Had to deal with big fights and phone calls from your bitches. Lost like you possessed her, telling me to mind my business. That it was her life and stay the fuck out of it. I tried and said just for him I keep it ready, click. Love is blind and it'll take over your mind. What you think is love is truly not. You need to elevate and find. Love is blind and it'll take over your mind. What you think is love is truly not. You need to elevate and find. When I want you dead, don't know the facts, but I saw the blood pour from her head. See, I lay down beside her in the hospital bed, and about two hours later, doctor said she was dead. Had the nerve to show up at her mother's house the next day to come and pay your respect and help the family pray. Even now, they'll know when you let a tear drop. And before you had a chance to get up, you heard my gun cop praying to me now. I ain't God, but I pretend. I ain't start your life a nigga, I'ma bring it to an end. And I did, clear shots and no regrets. Never cops coming, lock me under the jail. Nigga, whatever, my bitch, fuck that, my sister. You can never figure out, even if I let you live, what I love was all about. I consider her my blood and it ain't come no thicker. Love is blind, and it'll take over your mind. Welcome back to Conversation Piece on RJLA. I am your host, Angela Birdsong, and we have author and Olympian Althea Moses and her mother, Candy Lawrence, as we continue their discussion of courageous stories of deliverance and of hope. Once again, if you find yourself in danger um, from a domestic violence um, situation, please call 911 or reach the National Domestic Violence Hotline, 800-799-7233. Also, for more resources for crisis support, helplines, and warm lines, go to NAMIUrbanLA.org. So, Althea, you, you hearing your mother tell, tell her story, and you've, you know, you've heard her tell the story um before and i even hate saying story because it's not it's not a it's not a fable it's not a it's not a fairy tale it's not um um a shakespearean play this is real life this this is the this is your mother's personal account of what her life was like and what she persevered through to make sure that her five daughters would not have to live a life that she lived. Yes. And and clearly you guys have not. Now earlier in in the conversation um your mother said that she would tell you guys a story so that you would not have boyfriends and babies, but but get your education and get your knowledge and therefore have um a road of success. Yes. However, we know that when you were in college, you did choose 
some boyfriends who were abusive to you. How long were you in those relationships? How did you get out of them? And did you tell your mother? Okay. The relation, the two relationships that I had that became abusive, the first one, I was in 10th grade, and it lasted a couple years. It was on and off uh, because of the abuse and betrayal. And uh, I didn't stay long because of what I saw with my mother, what she went through, and I felt that I didn't deserve to be beat on, to be choked, to be slammed onto cars, to be called hoes and, and all those negative names, uh, or be controlled by my boyfriend's hands. And then the second relationship was uh, after that. I guess it was a couple of years after that because it was my senior year at UCLA. And then after I graduated, I was dating a, a Belizean man who was very abusive and controlling too. And it got so bad with him that it, I, he, uh, I broke it off with him because I got fed up with the, with the uh, verbal and physical abuse and the betrayal that he punched me in my rib. And uh, I have a bruised rib to this day from that experience. And it was on and off with that person for four years. The entire four, four years while you were in college? Uh, it, my senior year and after, to the Olympics. Oh, okay. To, oh, the to, to the 1996 games. Yes. So I was training with a bruised rib for the Olympics. Goodness. I never went to the hospital. I didn't want anybody to know. And I didn't tell my mother about these relationships then. I believe it was of late, you know, recently I've been talking more about it. Right. I was I didn't want to tell anybody that I was physically abused. Why? By boyfriends. I don't know why. I guess I as I think about it now I think it was because I accomplished so much and I felt that I I shouldn't have made those bad choices. I made so many right choices, becoming, achieving so much in my uh, track career as well as my uh, my business career, my professional career, that I, those bad choices, I didn't feel good about what I, those choices. But thinking about it at this very moment, Angie, I should have said something earlier when it was going on so that I could have been protected. And I want to add that one of my, um, someone who was a good friend of Coach Taylor read my book and he called me. He said, if I would have known this in college, if you would have told me this, those men would have been, had something, to, they would have never done that. They, it wouldn't have happened. So I should have said something when it was going on because there were people in my community who cared, men who cared about me. And I cared. Yes, and my mother <laughs> definitely cared. I should have said something. So for those people listening, you're, if you're going through this, tell the people that care about you. And not have the shame attached to it. Yes. Because it's, you, you know, because when I, when I hear you say that, it's, it's, you were like, it's because I, I chose those. But you didn't choose to be in a violent relationship. When you chose to allow someone to take you out and 
and to come into your world and your worlds mesh together, you weren't saying it's okay for you to be violent towards me, to be verbally abusive towards me, to be physically abusive yeah. towards me. And I, I don't know how we can get that message across to women who have a village around them or, or just have the resources of a hotline that's the only thing they can go to or a shelter to go to. How, how do you how do you find that thing inside of you to say, I deserve better. Let me tell somebody. And it looks like that's the hard part is to walk across that plank, to walk across what appears to be a tight rope when really it's a, a paved road for you to walk down and say, I need help. I'm in something that I'm not sure about, or whatever, or just how, how to even broach that, that topic, that, that, that conversation with, with someone. Miss um, Lawrence, you, you, you said that she had you also um, during, during that time. When, when your daughter told you later Years later, years later, because... Years later, and I, I, I was shocked. I said, Mother, I did not want to tell you because I know you've been through your own abusive with my relationship with my father. I said, but it's so wrong. I said, you should have still tell me. Because then, you know, if the relationship was a new relationship, and I would say, get out. Now, get out. Enough is enough because it is not right for anyone to put the hand, if they're not giving you a hug, than to use the hand to punch you and beat you with it. That's not what it is for. A hand is to help each other, not to abuse the other person. It is wrong. And so when she told me this later on, I was like, no way. Did he? Yes, mother, you did. I said, you know, I'm so glad you got out, but, you know, you made a decision to get out, and we all have to say enough is enough. That's the, that's the, the mental decision we have to make before we get seek help. It needs to stop. It stops now. But if when we get enough of these abusive relationships that goes on, we can't continue to let it happen because we will be blamed. We blame ourselves for staying in a relationship. Because what many of these relationships, I'm talking about myself, there was the, my, my kids father said, I'm sorry, look what you made me do. But then when he said, I'm sorry, look what you made me do it again. And again. And again. So he's not sorry. And then he would put the blame on me. Look what you made me do. No, I didn't make you do anything. You did it. You know, so they make you feel guilty. They make you feel guilty like it's your fault. Oh, it's your fault. And this is where a lot of the issues is. They, they make you feel like you're nothing. You're below them. But no, you're better than them. You can get out and show these men. You can get out of this relationship. You can do better by yourself without them. And some of us, you know, many women like me, we stayed in a relationship because I had nowhere to go, number one. Number two, he supported 
the time, the household. Okay, I could do the same thing. I got out, and I did take care of my kids the best way I can. I didn't need him. So, sometimes we feel like we can't do better for ourselves, and we stay in this, but you could do better. Ask God to show you a way. He will open that door for you. He opened it for me. I know that for a fact. I didn't know what I was going to do, but all I could do is get some on my knees and pray to him. Help me. Please, help me. And he did. So women that in these abusive relationships, if they don't get out, it is their choices of not getting out. Sometimes I would say they can't, but I think they could. If the resources is there, seek the resources and get out. That's my... um message to many abusive women that is out there in abusive relationships. Enough is enough. And you gotta say that to yourself. Then you seek the help. Call nine one one and you get out and life will be better. Much better and they will see. They will see. Enough is enough. In a relationship with, 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 with anyone who if they don't shoot the two hands or give you a hug, it is not worth it. It's not worth it. To be in a relationship where they're going to use their hand to beat you with it. No. No. That's not what God gave the two hands for help. Come forth. You know. Not to be beaten up. No. Mm. Now, let, let me ask you um, this. Yeah, and, and, of course, um, like I had told you guys off air, if I ask something that you don't want to answer, please, by all means, just just tell me no. Your other four sisters, did they find themselves um, choosing abusive relationships also? No. I, no. It's unknown. It's un, okay, okay. Right, because I, if they would have said the same thing about you before you wrote your book, like, no, she she, she didn't. That's right. Right, right. Um now we know that when that also let, let let's say this when you left Belize, uh, Ms. Lawrence, you left you did not leave Belize, um, waiting for green paper, paper for for paperwork to come in visas <laughs> and, and what have you. You said I. I'll tell you about that. My papers was in file already. My mom did file for me. But I let her know I wait for that. She go take on the I need to get out of this this country as soon as I can. And I made it clear. I said, well, just wait. Just wait. Wait. How long do I need to wait? I waited 18 months. And 18 months was like a lifetime for me. Two missing teeth. Beautiful young girl. Missing teeth out of my my mouth because of this man disfiguring me. He had said me, I will disfigure your pretty face. And he sure did. He sure did, but that did not make me a less of a person after he had replaced the teeth. And I went on with my life, but without him, you know, without him. So, right. here, yeah. you have to think in a positive. Always it has to be in a positive, because they make you feel like you're nothing. They're definitely intentional on, on, on their, these men they have. It's a intentional way to make you feel like you're nothing. You and like no one, and like no one would want you. Want exactly. Well, they 
this is the, the, the part where they make you feel like you, you're worthless. But I know I'm not worthless. I know I was not worthless. How did you know you were not worthless? Because the way I was thinking, I need to get out of this. I am a much better person to stay in a relationship with a man like this who have, don't, don't give me no credit for nothing. You know, his value of me was just to have kids. I was supposed to be barefooted, pregnant, and that's it. And I make a decision. I don't want no more of his kids. That was another issue. I did not want no more. So five was enough. Mm-hmm. Five was enough. <laughs> five was enough. <laughs> <laughs> five right. Was enough. Right. Right. And and I and you, you like you said earlier, enough is enough, and you know what your breaking point is. So 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 you so your your mother filed um, the the paperwork for you to for yes yeah, so for the green card. You what you're waiting eighteen months. Just for you. No, it was for me. I had a third step. My other brother and sister, she did file, but it took so long with me and the abuse going on, I just couldn't wait. We went, we went to the consulate and they said, well, uh, lately your, 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 your children's papers are coming up soon. We don't know how soon that is. It wasn't soon enough for me. So I made the decision, I need to get away. But finally, you know, everything worked out. Everything worked out. Now, there's there's a um, I, I know that we read from page 27 um, earlier, but there's a, a the the part that happened before um, before page 27 where you're where you decided you know this I had to come up with the plan. Um, but on page twenty twenty five is where is where the the what was page twenty five is that the last abuse that happened during the plan or when when your when your father punched your mom in the mouth um, and and broke her her front teeth no, no. that was there was no that was not the last no. so there was still more abuse. So was the, the last was when he knew I was going to leave to come to America. And my mom came for the for, for visiting, and she sat down and talked with him. And everything seemed okay, okay. You go take them for vacation. Two days later, oh, you could go, but the kids, they can't go. That breaks my heart because I'm not going to leave my kids. Then two days again later, he comes back. Oh, you and the kids are going. Really? Okay. I got to I gotta beat you for that. Right. And afterwards, I talked to my mom and I, she said, don't say anything to him anymore because this is not going to get better. And so I stopped saying anything. And we've just started to plan. When that day comes, she never came back, but we communicated, and when that day comes for me to leave, we just, I said, look, I had the one friend, I planned everything, and that's how we, that's how we got away, like the, what, uh, I call it the underworld, uh, 
the underground railroad. Underground railway, yeah. Right. So we laugh about it all the time. Right. Right. So the the under the underground the underground railroad, and which means you're gonna have to pick up irresistibly fit to find out the rest of the story because unfortunately we're we're coming we're coming to to an end with our guests Althea Moses and Candy Lawrence on conversation piece irresistibly fit Althea where can we pick up your book you can pick up my book at altheam.com at my online store altheam.com it's also available at Zara's Books and Things and Amazon.com. And Ms. Lawrence, any 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 closing words that that you want to say? Um, um, oh, you know what? And, and before before we get we, before we get to those closing words, I I want Althea to to read just the dedication part of the book on page four, um, because she dedicated her book to you miss lawrence and i just i want her to 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 close out with that this book is dedicated to my loving talented classic courageous intelligent and beautiful mother candy lawrence without you and god i wouldn't be the woman i am thanks for praying to god and raising us with god as our father thanks for your courage to stand up to and leave daddy in 1980 you demonstrated that daddy's time was up and you weren't afraid of me <laughs> it's okay sweetheart it's all over it's over it's I know, over but it, still, it still hurts Eight years your mother been living a good life it's, it's fine Don't, it still hurts I know it does you demonstrated that daddy's time was up and you weren't afraid of traveling far away from your emotional and physical abuser. Thanks for your unconditional love, support of my dreams, high standards, and choosing not to leave my four sisters and me behind when your mother returned to Belize for you. Thanks for making incredible <clears throat> sacrifices for my sisters and me to live it decent life in Belize and better life in America for being a good provider. I appreciate you for providing food for my sisters and me while you went to bed hungry at many on many nights in Inglewood. Thanks for expecting your daughters to get a high school education and not becoming teenage mothers. Your praise for rearing a three-time Olympian, college graduates, productive citizens, and successful entrepreneurs also known as boss ladies. Yes. Thanks for modeling healthy living habits and uh, uh, not abusing your body with multiple men, drinking alcohol, smoking, and excess food. Thanks for filing for my sisters and me to get out of get our U.S. green cards immediately after your mother got her citizenship. Without you and grandmother's assistance, we wouldn't have our U.S. citizenships and would fear de deportation like millions of immigrants in America today. My beloved mother, I absolutely respect, appreciate, and love you. I love you more. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. You are adorable You're yourself. You're welcome. And 
Thank you, Miss Candy Lawrence, for my pleasure. Thank you, thank, thank you, thank you, Miss Candy Lawrence, for sharing your intimate story of struggle, survival, and overcoming domestic violence. And thank um, you too for having me on your show, on your radio show. I, yes, I, I, I appreciate your time, and and your your transparency. And boss lady of fitness, Althea Moses, thank you. Thank you again for just being authentic, um, not just only in your book, but right here up close and personal. I, I truly love you. And I knew you during that time. And if I knew what was happening to you back then, I would have been your village supporter also. I know. Yeah. Thank you for everything, Angie. Um, thank you, Leslie Radford visionary of RJLA, Adam Rice, program director, Michael Washington of M. Watch Soul for the opening and closing theme song. And always you, our RJLA family. Follow us on Radio Justice Facebook. Give us some love. Give us some likes. As you listen to us worldwide, anytime on radiojustice.org. To replay, revisit, and review any of our previous shows, please go to radiojustice.org and click on Conversation Piece. I'm Angela Birdsong. Once again, I'm thanking you to allow me to share such an extraordinary experience of conversation peace on Radio Justice LA Morning Wake Up Call with you. Remember to be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be brave. Be courageous. And let all that you do be done with love. <laughs>